Hey guys, welcome to episode 506 of the Equipped to Nor podcast with your host, Adam Francis, Robert Oliver, and Dan Eastland. And we're back after a couple week hiatus. What happened there? Oh yeah, I got my schedule changed. And uh, I thought it had to do with sand. <laughs> maybe. So those of you guys who are not in the know yet, because I don't think I put it out on YouTube, you know, I've been working a two days, two on, two off shift for about seven years, night shift. And recently, I, I'm on a Monday through Friday, uh, 7 to 3 type shift. Uh, more like 6 to 2 or 6 to 2.30 or whatever it is. Anyway, I have one thing to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you guys work five days a week. Everybody out there. Um, That's why I don't. It's, it is. I mean, it, it's cool because the days like fly by. I mean, like before I know it, it's like, oh, wow, I'm like getting out of here in an hour. Um, and the, the work that I'm doing right now is a little bit different. It's more of administrative type stuff and I'm just writing all day long. Um, hey, Adam, are we going to talk about beer in this show? We, we are. I'm just, you know, this is my, my turn to share what's going on with me, Dan. Jeez. I got some gear stories too. Oh God, man. You're not going to get touchy feely, are you? But anyway, so it's a couple more days. Maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> you said you were lonely. It's a couple more extra days, uh, a week that I'm, I'm working, even though the hours work out. And so that's, that's kind of put a cramp in my, uh, podcasting and, and video. We're actually doing this late in the day. We've never done an episode this late in the day. I don't think in the history of the podcast, right, Robbie? I uh, we, we recorded a couple when we had guests at, at night. night. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You may be right. Yeah. I think Les Stroud, but never when right. we weren't, weren't using somebody that, yeah, wasn't normally on the podcast. Yeah. So, and, uh, so that's pretty much everything that's been going on with me. Uh, you know, in short, Robbie, what's going on with you? I just got home. Oh yeah. You've been up in Pennsylvania for the last couple of went, days. Went up to Pennsylvania. Uh, Dan was nice enough to host me on my days when I wasn't in a class and even nice enough to let me bring a, a buddy. Uh, so thank you, Dan, for uh, not just tolerating me, but tolerating my equally redneck friends. You don't have any friends. Don't lie. Yeah, associate. <laughs> it was some actor, right? Right, Dan. Associates. And, <laughs> and uh, I mean, I when you say allow, he just I walked into my kitchen. He was sitting there drinking a beer. So, <laughs> and since he's as big as a a mule anyway, you, it's kind of hard to say no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Dan went upstairs, put a singlet on, wanted to come down and wrestle, but I was like, you know what? That's just too much work. Yeah. <laughs> how, how was the trip? How was the drive up there specifically? Uh, the drive was horrible. Always is. Uh, the one, the one positive on this trip was that I had somebody with me who could validate what I said and verify the fact that my GPS says sometimes things like turn on unnamed road. I actually had a witness. My GPS has been trying to kill me for years. Yeah. Um, drive home was not as bad, but drive up there was horrible. Oh, it seems like getting there is, is longer. And getting back to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just, you know, maybe I'm odd. Dan's learned a routine, though. I get there and he hands me something alcoholic and says, let's eat. Yeah, yeah that'll work. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Robbie had a, a fairly new ex- dining experience. What was that? Uh, let's see. We had sashimi, oysters on the half shell, barbecue, macaroni and cheese. Uh, shira- uh, sriracha uh, baked chicken, mm. um, and sparkling wine. This is all one meal. 
Yes. In the whatever coat, chocolate coated. Oh yeah, chocolate uh, chocolate dipped orange peel. What did What did Big Mike yeah. think of that meal? He loved it. Nice. It was yeah. the first of many times that uh, that week I heard. We don't do this like th- we don't do things like this down in uh, North Carolina. <laughs> but at the same time, you know that family potluck, a little bit of everything type meal, was I, I guess a good way to start off his time up there. You know yeah. that did feel like home. You know that felt like family, eating you know eating with family. So you guys gonna tell us about your trip because you had a little adventure this weekend. Oh yeah, we had a great time. So what uh? Let's uh, let everybody know what you were doing down there, or up there, I should say. Uh, we attended a, uh, I guess you'd call it a seminar that took place in the woods, um, hosted by Kevin Estella, but uh, the main speaker was Mr. Dave Beck, uh, the original, from the original WSK that was in the uh, movie The Hunted. Yeah, this is, uh, this is prior to the Tom Brown tracker made by Topps. Right. Those of you guys um, who are familiar with it. So we got a little bit of a, a class on why the original design was made the way it was and also got to see where that design has gone now here in this this time, uh, which one thing I think we all on this podcast can appreciate is the new model was much thinner. Yeah. Well, you know, Robbie, I know we've had kind of a – uh, a love well you specifically you've kind of had a love hate relationship with that knife because mm-hmm. it's always intrigued you but at the same time you've never seen anybody do it the way and i know we've had several conversations to make it a real viable option in your opinion right so has this new version done it for you has this is this the the lost ark or you know yes and no okay um, you have to, you'll have to explain that one if you are looking the most efficient way to go out and do uh, a variety of, of wilderness living bushcrafty type tasks. Mm-hmm. It is not the most efficient way to go. Uh, the I, I still think a little small light tomahawk, maybe a little folding saw and a good little carving knife mm-hmm. will get it done more efficiently. Okay. However, if you have set a personal goal to go out with all those same tasks in mind and you want to only carry one cutting tool with you and, and that is your goal, then I think it will get the job done much, much better than the old you know, movie model did. So uh, it's, it's much back more- to that, that training concept that we've talked about before where if you're – trying to train yourself into minimizing your tool set, this might be a viable option for you. Yes and no, but still in order for the tool to chop very well, mm-hmm. it has to maintain enough weight okay. that you're really, you can almost, if you throw out the, if you throw out the folding saw okay, and just go with a light tomahawk and a, and a carving knife, you're definitely not getting any weight savings. Uh, with a WSK. Okay. Uh, if you throw in the folding saw too, you could possibly break even on the weight. You know. Um. So again, you know, it's not the most efficient method. Uh, but the the newer version of it does perform 
um, adequately to get it all done without much effort and all that. And uh, if you were ever a fan of the old model, stepping into this newer one is going to just blow your mind. Now it's a pretty it's a pretty pricey blade, correct? Yeah. Um, so would you hey. say it's more of a kind of a you know if it's a almost a style thing if you want to go for that style it might be something in your wheelhouse would that be fair yeah if you've already if you've already predetermined that you're going to carry a tracker style knife a wsk style knife mm -hmm. and you don't want any other tools yeah then like anything else when you get to the point where you've decided you've you don't need to drive a Dodge and you don't need to drive a Ford. You've decided the Chevy's the one, mm -hmm. then get the nicest Chevy you can afford. Okay. You know, or whatever. Uh, and if you're the Ford guy and take offense at that, do, substitute Chevy for Ford, whatever. But, you know, same thing. When you, when you figure out what backpack you need or what sleeping bag is perfect for your environment, get the best one you can afford. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if that's you and the WSK is the the one for you, uh, there's definitely no comparison in quality and balance and and everything between like a tops WSK and, and what Dave Beck offers. There's so it's definitely there. the definitive WSK. Oh yeah, there's definitely it. It is it not just the first; it is the leader in the pack. Nice, Dan. What did you think of it? Oh, I'm I'm sorry. You're gonna ask the knife maker now? Oh, here we go, Robbie. <laughs> Jesus. Well, you know, he started off with the user. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, I really wish there was more to add over what Robbie said, because then you know I'd do say, you, oh, Dan? Do I you do. do you really wish that? I do. I find that hard uh, to believe. But go ahead. <laughs> no, um, I've always had mixed feelings about the the WSK pattern. Um, was not a fan of the tops model. Yeah, having used uh, he, he, I think he had all the way through his G model. Uh, yeah. So, like, how how many knives did he have there? And and I'll, I'll ask some more questions. Maybe. I'll well, and that's guys. that was the that was the best part of the whole class. The best knives Dave Beck makes are not his WSKs. Oh really? Ah, damn it, Robbie! I was going to get to say that. Can we agree on that, Dan? Oh, hands down, that companion knife. It, it frustrates it frustrates me that he's known for the WSK and not that something like the companion knife he makes. His other tools, Adam, are so far and removed from a WSK. Uh -huh. Like you could pick one of his big choppers and one of his small carving knives and pair it up and work that WSK into the ground. Really? Oh, yeah. Edge geometry, everything. The man knows how to make a knife grind and shape and you know all that kind of stuff he's a, he he is not the knife maker you think he is if all you know is the wsk so you think that's just you know unfortunately what he's become you know kind of renowned for i would say unfortunately is the best way to put that okay. I, I think it is a shame that that's what he's known for yeah i mean that happens that happens i mean so i did see the i did see a photograph of the companion knife it did look pretty cool um, but d did he have other versions of the WSK? Oh yeah, he had the movie version, all, and he had the, the uh, there was the one that was in between the movie version and the G model, and then he had the final G model, and we had examples 
of the G model with serrations or a serrated spine or saw teeth. Or what was the saying, Dan? Oh, the assault teeth. Yeah, <laughs> assault teeth. The assault the teeth. It is a yes. joke. It, okay. it just joking. Um, People are not called that. But um, the <laughs> people were asking without. why to take them off, and I said, "Well, you can't have assault teeth in all cities." That's funny. Did anybody get it? Oh yeah, everybody laughed. It, okay. Best group. Of, I mean, I can't. I couldn't ask for a better group of guys for us to have gone out with. They nice. were all fun, great sense of humors. Uh, just now, did, did, was there was there a good amount of demo as well, and some some skill set, you know, workshops with the knife. That, um, that's kind of the part that I'll be interested on the most. They wanted to go that way, mm-hmm. but they were in the room. They were in the woods with the wrong bunch of idiots. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I mean, we all had our ideas of what we wanted to do with it to see it. I didn't want. I didn't want to be held by the hand and walk through doing something. Yeah, I wanted to see if it, if it worked with me. Yeah, I'm. I'm you know, I wanted to see. Okay, don't hand me a piece of wood and tell me cut right here. Screw that! I want to know if I go out there and get the piece of wood I grabbed up, and I go to cutting on it. What's it going to do? Mm-hmm. You know. And uh, kudos to Kevin and and Dave Beck. That they, they were both like, yeah, you just go go to town. If you if that's what you want to do, go to town. And he, every one of us at one time or another would hand it off to somebody else and say, try this, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and we played, we, we really were just allowed to play with them and you do your thing. And, and if somebody sees it and wants to try it, then they'll try it. Um, now Dave did jump in there and bust out some, uh, hand drill tools, uh, you know, hand drill set and was playing some skill stuff with that. But, uh, I think. Most everybody out there was Dan, except maybe the kid Dan. We were all pretty much on the same proficiency you know. level. Yeah, yeah, nobody was nobody was really looking for instruction. To be honest, gotcha. Now, or you know, I was too ashamed to admit my skill level, so I just sat quietly by the fire. <laughs> I don't think you sat quietly the entire time, fire or no fire. <laughs> Yeah, quiet isn't one of your strong attributes, Dan. Just gonna say, I'm just gonna go, put that, go ahead and put that out there. He slept pretty quietly. That was I can get. Of course, <laughs> oh. I can hear him over my snoring. But. That's right. That's right. Uh, I did not sleep quietly. I I learned a very valuable lesson. Earplugs. No. Um, so my Eno hammock doesn't have a bug net on it. Oh wow! You know, I've got one of the wizard sleeve, really big, going to the jungle bug nets. Yeah. And I didn't want to fool with all that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So I, we've got a couple of the, the little Myers mosquito hammocks that the boys use. Mm-hmm. I thought, hell, I'll just grab one of those. <sighs> I now understand why those are $15 and ENOs are considerably more. Yeah. I, I haven't laid the two out to see the exact differences, but the ENO was like floating on a cloud comfortable mm-hmm. and that Myers, I don't know how a hammock can dig into you in places, but it Dan, found a way. Dan, Dan was three foot off the ground, still had a rock in his back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I paid the price there. So did you guys, I mean, not, not that I understand that you guys were just playing with knives. Was it a survival class as well? Was there more instruction than just, Hey, check these knives out? 
Um, we had some we had some private instruction in some all kinds of things. Some stuff we're not even allowed to talk about. Mm. Signed your life away, apparently. Um, no, there was some, you can't talk about fight. I mean, no, I meant. <laughs> you know, um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, uh, and then there was to say without violating what I promised not to say anything about. I was about to say all we. I think the only thing we're allowed to say is that we did that we learned something. Yeah, okay. we learned something that was pretty cool. Nice, very cool. Did you and guys? Had, did you guys uh, find out what influence you know what all influence Tom Brown had with the actual design? I mean, I know how you know he helped design the the knife because I only Dave Beck wasn't the first one that made one for him, was he? No, there was one yeah. other guy that came before him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Dave wasn't really given that knife that that other guy made as the influence. Okay. He was shown what was it called, Dan? Grandfather's medicine, medicine uh, blade. Is that right, medicine blade? Yeah. Well, I'd heard it, they had referred to it as grandfather's blade, and they had referred to it as a medicine blade. It, while they were talking, I heard it referred to both ways. Okay. So Dave got you know to to see that, and then you know he was already aware of the other knife, and then started influencing it a little bit to where it would work better in hand i think most of his i think most of his contribution to the changes were originally on the very first ones just in how it fit the hand and ability to hold on to it no so this medicine blade thing i've never heard of this before is this this was the original inspiration for the design right and Um, was this a handmade blade i mean because i've heard the story like grandfather supposed to be tom brown's teacher all we saw was a picture of Medicine Blade because obviously Dave doesn't own that. Um, and I couldn't really tell. Was it stone, Dan? Uh, I don't think it was stone. But the pre-Dave, uh, the Providence was kind of sketchy. Yeah, it, it wasn't a very refined anything. Yeah. Um, and now you can look. Dave's got a, a, I guess you'd call it a photo album. Yeah. Of some of the original uh, trackers. Yeah. And you can look at then Dave's finished knives and also see his influence on the grind. Hmm. Uh, that grind creeped up probably double what it originally was, wouldn't you say? Um, how, how many original blades yeah, did he make? It, it, went from a, it went from a low... Sc- a low what? It went from a low scandy to almost a saber grind. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm sorry. There must be. A, I think that we got a little delay going on. So sorry, guys, if we're talking over each other. But how many how many original blades did he produce when he made the first version? I think he said three for the movie. Was that correct? Correct. But now, how many for students and all that? No clue. How many leaves are on a tree? There we go. No, so so it, there wasn't much time before the movie that that blade existed besides the whatever primitive version that it was based off of on that one. Don't get me the line. I did not. It wasn't like, honestly enough, it wasn't anything I cared about that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey man, I, I'm just, I'm just fascinated with history. All right. Yeah. You know? Don't yell at me. <laughs> well, Probably pretty... something I should have asked, but you know me. Well, you know, that's, yeah. that's not, a, not a big issue. Yeah. I was, uh, I caught myself thinking, yeah, 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 timeline. Fine. Let me pick that one up. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess that's true. When when you when uh, I guess when you got the toy there to play with, 
And yeah, so, cute story. Pass it over. So this is the G. So how many versions is that then? They go in alphabetical order? Yeah, so seven. Okay. All right. Cool. And it was it was interesting to see some of the change in dimensions. Uh, the relation or the ratio of the handle length, they always stayed, what, about 12, 13 inches? But from one model to the next, some of the changes in the amount of handle to the amount of blade. Buried. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and the it was interesting to be able to see the effect on the balance and what that improved or what that hampered. Mm -hmm. So is the, the, the most updated version, Robbie, your favorite one that you used? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The G the G model part, in my opinion, far outweighs outperforms the rest. What is no uh, what is Dave's uh, opinion on the tops version? Um, it's uh, a production. Uh, you're not allowed to say that. <laughs> it, it it seemed his opinion was the same as any other knife maker who would be asked about questions about another knife maker making a similar pattern, mm -hmm. and the fact that that knife maker was not making a custom the way he is. Mm, okay. Um. Yeah, and. I will say my that understanding, Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. My understanding is he and Tom Brown had kind of joint ownership of the pattern. Uh-huh. And Tom Brown went to Tops and took it in one direction. And they're they're now they're now entirely different creatures. They may look the same, but they don't work the same. Yeah, I can believe that. I mean, I I've I have use a, a Beck version before um, and it was just a, definitely a different a different beast I mean just just the the difference in the weight alone the one that I had and I think it was I want to say it was 3 16th but it might have been it might have been thinner than that uh, it definitely uh, wasn't a quarter inch yeah no he, we had a lot of 3 16th and he talked about going thinner mm -hmm. um, so who knows Um. Even just that little bit, the difference in weight and balance is is phenomenal, especially with that higher grind. How? Uh, uh, but what's the thinnest that he went? With the versions that he had on the WSKs? Yeah, I think three thirty three sixteenths was as thin as the okay. WSKs got. Now, if you look at other knives that he makes that are not yeah. WSKs, you know he has no problem with a one eighth inch field knife. You know, okay. um, most most of his, uh, you know, companion size, even if they're not the name companion knife, but most of his knives in that category, I think were one eighth. Okay. Do you think that a, a one eighth version would be workable, or at that point you're losing kind of the chopping qualities, so you might as well not go down that road? Um, I think from use after getting the knives in hand, mm -hmm. that if you wanted to go to one-eighth, you would have to be willing in some instance, instances to kind of backtrack. Uh, there was some, as the, the, to the G model, the handle is shorter than the older models. Mm -hmm. I think if you wanted to keep the cutting prowess, uh, you would need to, to go back to that longer handle. Okay. Um, if you stepped it down to eighth, I, I think in order to perform the way it was intended to perform, 
I think you would have to make some uh, deviation. You'd have to be willing to be flexible enough to say, okay, it's no longer going to be this short. We're, we're going to we're going to have that longer blade and an, and the original longer handle. All right. So here's my last question, Robbie. Are you getting one? Um, I went as far as sending my wife a text message mm-hmm. to see if I could get one. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the answer I got was not the answer I wanted. She said, you can do what you need to do. <laughs> so that put me in the position to decide. And, and honestly enough, this is what made, this is how the decision process went. Mm-hmm. I had to decide whether that was going to be the one. If it was going to be the one, then $700 is not that much money. If it was going to be the one for right now. Yeah. And next month was going to be a different one. Seven hundred dollars is a whole lot of money. I agree. And I could not, in with a clear conscience, I could not say, "This is it," and therefore I could not bring it home. Mm. Are you regretting that, or do you think you made a wise decision? Oh, I, I can tell you right now, after meeting Dave Beck, okay, mm-hmm. and and getting to know him personally. If I came into money tomorrow, I would order one tomorrow. Just because your investment in his character. His character, cool movie design. Now that the pattern has been changed to be a little thinner profile, it's starting to work better. Yeah. Um Yeah, I could you know I could buy one and be and have a fun toy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very cool, man. I guess you guys had good weather too, so it was just a, a good trip overall. Oh yeah, beautiful weather. Beautiful. So, Robbie, did you get to come back and play in the the Dogwood Lab after uh, your trip? Oh yes. Did you come home with anything special? No. Well, I come home with uh, some prototype sheath stuff that I think is special, but uh, nothing nothing beyond that that I can talk about right now. We. Dan Dan uh, gave gave me the opportunity to play with some prototype stuff, but since he's on air, I won't I won't let go of anything that he doesn't say let go of. You kicked off the podcast, Dan. Go home. All right. All right. Well, you don't hey, have I'm to just go home, but you can't stay here. In the corner. <laughs> yeah. Hey, nobody puts um, baby in the corner. What you saying, I, Dan? We, I did get to see the. I new did have some. Oh, the camp axe. Yeah, it's, oh, it's so close. I got one version at eight and a half ounces that did a pretty good job of chopping. Mm-hmm. Just needs a couple of little tweaks, a little longer handle. And then I've got one at 13 and a half ounces that I think is is ready for long-term field testing. The truth is it the truth in the light. Uh, I think it might be. I mean, uh, I, it's a... It's a almost a cruiser style axe or a scout style axe uh, at mm-hmm. thirteen and a half ounces with a CPM one fifty four uh, uh, cutting edge. What do you think, Robbie? I think you know it, it definitely fits into that. What would happen if the the old belt axe, not necessarily a tomahawk and not a full size axe but the belt mm-hmm. axe 
was done in space age materials. Mm. Did you have no clue what it feels like to pick up something that you're expecting to weigh a pound and a half to two pounds? Yeah, it'd be and, that light. And, and feel and feel between eight and thirteen ounces in your hand. It's like I, I can't even imagine what that feels like. I'm trying to correlate that with something. Yeah, thirteen ounces up, is hardly. I'm picking up. A, pick I'm it picking up. up a beer right now, so that's right around the same the same area. Because I've already a bag had a couple of, sips. A bag of sugar is five pounds. That the big one is less than one pound. Yeah, it is insane. And that one, you know, and we all know that one fifty four, that the edge, you know, you can put a finite edge on that, mm-hmm. and so an axe grind on that, it's just, it's sick. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I've got a four by four of Epe. That's the uh, the the testing chop block. Mm-hmm. And Epe is five times denser than oak. It's got a really long, straight grain, and it was just chewing through there. Nice, very cool, very cool indeed. And then I take it the uh, the grub was normal Eastland fashion, Robbie. Oh, Dan, Dan pulled out all stops. We Nothing had bacon wrap, right? Bacon wrapped steaks and things like that. Yes. Hmm. And this was the out in the field meal, right? Oh yeah. Oh, well, at Dan's house it got better, but yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you guys had a good time. It's very cool. It's very cool. So now that we're at about the halfway point of the show, um, is there any other topics that you guys want to jump in before we start talking a little bit of little gear? Well, apparently Dan got lost in the forest. <laughs> We try to re- we try to record the next segment segment like three times, guys. So uh, since we're at the halfway point, it's it's too much to just scrap the whole podcast, you know. And, and this way, you guys have a little little chuckle. And, and when Dan comes back in there, it's like I'm here. We, oh, there he's going, and he's going. But uh, Robbie, I got a I'm new s- hammock that I've got a chance to play around with. This is that uh, uh, try three treble. thingy, the treble. Yeah, the treble hammock. So, so when. They make multiples of them if you're on a starship? Yeah, it's not the Tribbles. Oh, oh tribble? my bad. Is it Tribbles? I don't know, man. My anyway, bad. so you guys have probably seen this. It was a Kickstarter. Um, we actually, I think we pushed out a video or, you know. Oh, we talked We talked about it when we found the Kickstarter and all. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I've, I have my luck on Kickstarter, um, you know, receiving a product. We've been pretty lucky on getting one out there to people and, uh. But my luck on receiving a product is like 50-50. And there's a period of time that I'm like, oh, man, the, you know, Kickstarter was awesome and, and order and stuff. But after you stop, you don't get your stuff, you know, things that right. are supposed to be to me last July and never came. You start getting a little, little salty about it. But you know that those jackets with that Space Age fiber? Yep. Um, yeah, man, we got those coming here soon. They should be here by October. I can't wait to hear about that. That's that's, yeah, that's gonna be the, the Luca, Luca jackets, I think it was. Anyway, back to the, the treble. Uh, hammock so it's it's a three-part hammock it's pretty large um it's 500 pound uh, weight capacity it has a additional strap that goes down the middle of it that you can cinch up so you can separate the hammock into two sections or you can actually you can actually pull it up and there's a there's a uh, area where you can put your feet under that you can um you can rob you still there i don't lose you yeah too. i'm still here i think dan's here, here too that you can uh, use it. There he is. That you can use it as like a chair. Uh, so 
I ha- I've had it for a couple months now. It kind of, you know, it came in the mail and it, and it kind of got put on the side of the shelf, stuff I need to go out there and, and do stuff with. And I haven't been doing much with it. Well, recently we've had a, a change in location to where we're doing some stuff and I brought it out. And after about 45 minutes of realizing that when I first opened it up, I took out the instructions that had a nice little written note from the guys. Hey, Adam, thanks for uh, your support. And thanks for pushing this out on E2E. Really appreciate it. Uh, and I, you know, I showed my wife, like, hey, look, these guys thanked us for helping them out. Well, that was the instructions, Robbie. And do you want to take a guess to where they ended up after I took them out of the box? In the garage? I don't know, because I never put it back in the box. So here I am with this, you know, really kind of complex of what it looked like hammock that, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty large footprint in a bag. And I'll go over that in the review. Um, but yeah, I was out there for about 45 minutes and you know, it always makes something worse when you're trying to put something together. Your kids who are, who are under the age of 10, who are there trying to, trying to tell you how to put it together (laughs) and they're, and they're walking and they're picking stuff up and everything like that. So after a a semi small nervous breakdown, we got it up in the backyard to test it out. You guys know how I like to throw stuff out there before I go out there in the field because the worst thing. You know, as, as dark is coming, you have a piece of equipment out there you've never put together, never tested, don't know if it's going to work for you. Um, and let me tell you, it is freaking awesome. So I have the whole hammock. I have what they refer to as the element shield that goes over it. That's basically like a little pop tent. Now, it doesn't seal it in. There's, there's not a mosquito net that comes with it, but it does go down pretty uh, pretty well over the side of the hammock. And then you can go in from the the uh, open side, uh, where in the opposite of the point. Um, it's It's... It's uh, somewhat of an acute triangle, uh, so you know there's there's one point that goes out to your feet, and then there's two points where your head is supposed to go, and also there's another section there that you can hang in between, I guess the the head points uh, that has little envelopes and stuff to put your to put gear in there to put whatever, so you have a little organizer section in there with you, uh, and so it's a pretty pretty smart design. Now I will say it's a little. It's a little on the pricey side. Um, now we got a deal with the with the Kickstarter, uh, but I want to still I want to say that I still spent uh, a couple hundred bucks on the unit, and um, so I mean it's it's something that's that's pricier. As I said before, uh, but now I'm pulling it up right now to see what our, our price point is, and the uh, the hammock by itself is a one eighty. And the uh, element shield is another 150. So you're talking about, you know, that's over 300 bucks. Uh, I don't think I paid that much. I think I paid someplace in the in the low 200s altogether. Um, but it's big enough to have uh, definitely have a couple a couple uh, people in there. You can separate it so more than one person can sleep in there. Uh, and also, you uh, probably three kids. I mean, all three of my girls. They're eight, six, and five. They could each uh, have a head in one of the points with their feet coming together in the center and also, and all had enough room that they could sleep in there comfortably without an issue. So it was pretty cool. And I mean, how much you paying for, you know, a war bonnet, Robbie, if it's all decked out without a mosquito net? Oh, all decked out. You're probably in the 150 to 200 range. Absolutely. I mean, I think just the blackbird that I tested a while back, uh, that was 185. Um, and that's without, I think the blackbird came with a mosquito net though. Yeah. Um, Couple if quests. You add, if you add the 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 silk nylon, I think that was another hundred two hundred bucks. Shoots, what you got? You 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 let in with the five hundred pound capacity, but you didn't tell me what the weight of this whole contraption is. 
what it actually weighs, not what it uh, holds. What does it actually weigh? It's it's a large unit. I think that the whole thing with all the straps and everything is eight pounds. So yeah, that's I mean, not it's, bad if you can put four people, in, or you and three kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I would. I don't think that I can fit. You know, me and my three kids in it. I mean, I'm a I'm a, I'm a tall guy, but I mean, I I laid in there with them. You know what I mean? They were all, you know, once I put that thing up, they're like, oh, awesome. Uh, Mark already slept a night out there in it because <laughs> he saw it out there. So he went out there and slept a night in it. I slept a night out there in it. And I will say, um, I find, you know, hit or miss with hammocks for me personally. Uh, the, the war bonnet I really liked um, because it had those, those spreading bars. Um, but the problem with that is it, the center of gravity is off. So it's, if you're not really paying attention, it's e- easy to flip that thing and fall out of it. You don't have that problem with this. Uh, it's supporting the weight enough and the way it's designed for somebody like me. You could sleep on your side in this hammock. No problem. I mean, I'm talking well, about, you know, legitimately sleep on your side, not like, Oh, I could look, I can lay on my side. Like, you know, and you're all bent up, you know, like a pretzel. Literally, uh, A second question to Adam. You you said forty five minutes when you're figuring it out. Yeah. How much shorter than that's going to be after you already know what you're doing? Because of the way the straps are designed, it is probably the easiest hammock that I've ever put up. Um, the 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 loops, the D rings, and the straps are pretty cool. The element shield, basically each side has a odd shaped buckle that you torque it, you twist it one way, it goes through the D rings at the end of the ham at the end of the hammock. Then you flip it over so there's so it's it's opening wide against the D ring and you're done. It was the easiest element. The element shield was the easiest thing to put. So together. so once last I figured time, it, once I figured it out, I mean we're talking, once it we're was a tangled talking, mess. We're talking five five or six minutes, not twenty five or thirty. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean it's it's pretty easy to put up. Um, and you know part of the thing is is you want to find the right technique too because if you slide it through the D ring and you put pressure on it it's going to be hard to get through there because it's a double D ring that you're looping it through both and then putting over one and underneath another. But you add a extra piece of slack. There's a certain technique you got to do so you can pull it back out the opposite way, but you can still cinch, cinch on it and make it tight. And once you got that down, you've had a couple practice runs with it. It's, it's really cool. Now, I mean, the weight, you know, this isn't a bug out hammock by any means. This is more of a you know, a car camping hammock. I mean, if you're going with a couple people and you guys are, you know, if you're going with this, your your spouse or, or somebody else that you don't mind sharing a hammock with, with two grown people can use it. I mean, but I, it is, I, I would say that, you know, smaller people uh, of smaller stature would be able to use it com- more comfortably uh, than. So you're than saying it'd be good for people. Robbie. <laughs> I didn't say that, Dan. I didn't say that. Uh, so, Robbie, how, you're, not staying, bad, you're not staying with me. With how it, though, bad is so. the. Uh, solving the cold butt syndrome going to be with it. Now that's going to be the interesting test because the nights that I was out there, it was like 80. Um, so that was not a problem at all. Um, now I do have an under quilt for my other hammocks that was some, you know, 550 cord. It'll be easy to put, you know, to attach to the bottom. No problem. Do they um, make anything? I don't think they have anything yet, but I will tell you one thing <laughs> that if they made an under quilt for that thing, I mean, that thing might be, the perfect shelter. I mean, it's, it's, you know, that, you know, that big, like a uh, huge, like, tent, you know, hammock tent thing that they have that you can fit like five people in there. <laughs> you know, you got to put like 20 feet up. It comes with a ladder. It, you know, it's, it's like the, the, the baby version of that thing. It's, it's pretty, yeah, lo- it's, it's, it's larger perfect, than you think. It's not the perfect shelter if I can't put my dog in it. Oh no, you can definitely get your dog in it. I wonder how long that bottom would last with 
their claws. I mean, you keep them trimmed, you know, I don't know. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty heavy, heavy duty, duty, uh, um, I'll be looking forward Rip to stop. the videos. I, I, I'm I'm gonna remain hesitant to. to I give want you to. I, I, I actually want you to to sleep in it. I think I'm gonna send it down to you after I'm done, oh, so you I, can give it a try. I want um, to see some video of you and cameraman marking it together. Yeah, then I'll challenge try. challenge accepted. I liked Adam and I liked cameraman, but you lost me when you put him and Mark in the same bed. <laughs> ca- ca- cameraman Mark is a stout fellow. So oh, I remember. He's a, he's a husky ginger. He's a husky ginger. So him and Adam together should be enough to uh, test adequately test that hammock. I mean, Mark probably. I mean, Mark probably weighs a good two twenty. Yeah, so but I weigh, I weigh all, about two fifteen. I weigh about two fifteen. So I think we'll be good to go. He's got a lot of shoulder and two twenty. I thought he you said he was husky. His, oh, he's like he's like not even six foot tall, dude. Yeah, he's, he's a. He's a brick house, dude. Yeah, Mark is. You know, Mark picks things up and puts them down. So. <laughs> picks things up and puts them down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I, it it's it's uh, you know I've only had I've only had uh, a couple you know experience putting it up, putting it down, uh, putting it back up, having a night out there. I slept really well. But you know, at this point, just getting getting to sleep outside. Anytime I can get to sleep outside, I think I'm gonna sleep well, even if I'm laying on a rock. Uh, but the other thing too is because of the the design, it doesn't rock that much. You know, you don't have that swaying motion. So if you you know, like that's one thing about hammocks. I feel like I get comfortable, and then if I have to move, you know, like I start swaying, and it, it doesn't. That doesn't. I don't get rocked to sleep that way. I'm like, oh, here we go. Now I'm now I'm moving all around. Uh, and it's easier to maneuver in there because you don't have so much contact points of like one of the, the Eno hammocks uh, kind of wrapping around you. And you got to kind of do that shuffle when you're in your sleeping bag or if you have a sleep, especially if you have a sleeping pad in the, in the, in the hammock with you. Like this thing, if I, if I brought a sleeping pad, which would probably be my solution instead of going the under quilt, Robbie, it'd be perfect. I don't, I don't think I'd have any problem with it at all. So, but time will tell. As soon as it gets a little colder here, um, I'm looking forward to, to to taking it out on the trail. And uh, the only other problem that I foresee, it is a large footprint for to go in your bag. It, it comes with individual bags for everything. They did a really good job on that. Um, but it is a large footprint for your bag. And like I said before, it's about eight pounds. I mean, the straps themselves weigh about two pounds. Um, so it, it's going to be a lot of shelter. But, you know, you and I both agree that shelter heavy uh, is, is, you know, better than, better than, uh, going heavy with something else in most cases. So that was my piece of gear. Check it out at treblehammock.com. That's T-R-E-B-L-E hammocks.com. Robert, any, any new toys this week? Uh, no, nothing this week. Nothing you almost had yourself a Dave Beck though. I heard a rumor about that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, thank God the internet didn't work out there. <laughs> it think, worked well. It it worked well enough for me to get through to my wife. <laughs> I think uh, Dan should have bought you one for your birthday. It's my humble opinion. Uh we missed my birthday by a couple months. Yeah, I mean it's you no, know, it's, it's summer. It's, it's your birthday enough. Little little late for that. It's not a couple months. I was going to add them, but just you said you just one, just one nice. month. 
right? Oh, no. It is a couple more. <laughs> I'll start aggravating him now for next year. There you go. But then you're much nicer than me, so, you know, you're, you're a much better gift giver than me. So I was going to leave that to you. Oh, I'm a giver. <laughs> Dan, did you have any fun gear? You know, I found something. I don't, I'm not entirely sold on how practical it is, but as a unique design concept, it's, uh, it Robbie, is, did you, uh, did you vet this piece of gear before we started talking about it on the podcast? Did I what? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Go ahead. It is a new type of, uh, of load bearing equipment. Okay. Uh, so I just drew a blank on the, uh, uh, I think it was called a Travoy, the, the triangular shaped carrying and you would hold the handles and it would drag on the ground. Uh, yep. Yep. So they took that concept, except they put a wheel on it. Okay. And then they attached the handles to a kidney belt and shoulder straps. So it distributes the weight between the one wheel on the ground mm-hmm. and what looks a lot like the old uh, army Y harness. Mm-hmm. So it frees up your hand. It takes the weight off of you physically uh, and cuts the, uh, cuts the perceived weight considerably. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a cool concept, especially for long treks and open ground. Okay. Uh, I've got some concerns about how effective it would be. I certainly wouldn't want to try to break trail with something like this. I think I, I think I have a picture of me using one of those. Are you guys near your, your cell phones by any chance? Seriously? Yeah. I'm sending it to you now. All right. I'm going to have to go in the other room to get my cell phone. You're not sending us another penis picture, are you? <laughs> no. I mean, why would I do, why would I do that, trick, Dan? Get me to look at a picture, is it? No, not at all. How hey, dare Dan. you? Yeah, I didn't even get up to go after my phone. Just go ahead and say that. Yeah. You guys, yeah. you know what? You guys are no fun anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, I got some issues. I've still, I've still got scars from your last practical joke. <laughs> well, you know, everything heals. It's not my fault you're not flexible. Hey, <laughs> hey you told me to pee on it. <laughs> <laughs> but the nurses are really nice on that burn ward. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh man, continue though, Dan. Continue. Uh, and they have a con- they have a version that breaks up to a backpack, and then you can break the frame out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, it's just such. It's an in innovative concept or perhaps it's even more of again applying modern technology to an old concept that i thought it was worth a uh, a mention uh, and it would probably be really, really cool for out west or work walking really established trails okay um and it is the uh i've get i included the gear junkie website with the oh we don't have technical show notes this week do we that's okay in the email i sent you we'll figure it out uh, it's it's the gear junkie uh it's the dixon rolling pa- uh, roller pack okay i just shared it in the skype uh chat box uh, uh thank you let me check this guy out is it the mm-hmm. most recent one? Oh, that is pretty cool um 
I find uh, that first model, I find that picture far more interesting than the one you might have sent me. I doubt that, Dan. That's fine. <laughs> Not a big deal. Um, how much is that? How much is this one? Um, that's the other thing that makes it impractical. I think they, uh, they can get up around 600 bucks a piece. Wow. Yeah. So again, I'm, I'm willing to admit, uh, well, I'm sorry. Here's mine, but it's more of a, it's more of a front loader. They've got a smaller version at 340, but like I said, not entirely practical yet, but it's a great concept. So, yeah. I haven't been on gear junkies for a while. I need to check them out. Well, she looks like she's squared away with that pack, though. I mean, that's great if you have a back injury. Yeah. Um, or you know, wonder, you get, or you know, you got a body that you need to transport. Or I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think it's. I think that the the width of the uh, bars wouldn't be conducive for for a human body. So. Oh, not a live one. Oh, and I didn't say a live one. I just said a human body. Oh, well, then you could yeah. just fold it in half and tie it to the <laughs> Oh, we're getting horrible. <laughs> horrible. So, well, very cool, man. Very cool. Um, we had a couple other notes on here. Uh, what is the fake service dog and pets in stores? Who's, uh, whose link was that? Uh, I found that, and I was going to get uh, – get, uh, uh, obviously, Robbie's opinion on it, but it's a – they raise some interesting questions on there's so many people that are taking their, their pet into a store into stores and stuff. Nowadays, I used to see it all the time around Atlanta Mm -hmm. that it's causing problems. Some of the problems that people have talked about that poorly trained dogs that aren't service dogs are going into stores and they're interfering with service dogs trying to do their job. And the article asked some questions such as, is there, some, is there a way and or should there be a way to clearly identify a true service dog? And then they ask, what is a true service dog? And that is a, a little outside of my wheelhouse. I know uh, I was hoping Robbie had some experience with dealing the well with training a true service dog. And is this a, is this people just making noise? <laughs> I'm sorry, Robbie. Did I just throw you under the bus? Welcome to the new equipped to impot door podcast where each question lasts eight and a half hours to answer it. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> It is a touchy subject, Dan, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest. If you want me to answer a question on training a dog, yeah. even if you want to ask me a morality question on training a dog, I've got the answer. Okay. Here is the part where me as a trainer separates from me as a person and let's face it, Robbie's not good at humans. Okay? So and this is this is not a dog question. This yeah. is a human question. Where do those, where do the disabled person's rights stop, and the able-bodied person that is around them, their rights begin? You know, um, and 
in this capacity, that dog is a tool. You know, yeah. in the same fashion that a wheelchair is. It's not legal to ask a person in a wheelchair, hey, do you need to be in that wheelchair? So, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna say ask a philosopher, a shrink, and a politician this question and whatever answer all three give, whatever the opposite of that is probably the right thing. Yeah. Um and a great it's also a great example of where is this people, a problem, Dan? Uh I know in Atlanta it was a problem that people it started off in places like Lowe's and that sort of thing. Well, I think Lowe, doesn't Lowe's have a policy? Maybe it's Home Depot that that they have like a, a a dog policy. Like you can bring your dog even if it's not a service dog, as long as it's behaved. Um, uh, maybe that's just I can my speak Lowe's. For Lowe's. Yeah. yeah, I've got I've got familiar familiarity enough with Lowe's to say it is against their policy for you to bring the dog in if it's not a service animal, but it's okay. also against their policy to harass you about it. So if you're a butthole enough to take your dog in, even though they don't need to be in there, I mean, I've never needed my dog to help me pick out the right nut or washer. Um, <laughs> then in that case, well, you know, Ace is really they, good at finding they, that choice lumber, buddy. So I don't know. I, I can't speak for, for your dogs, but they respect your business and you as a customer enough that they're willing to look the other way, but no, they don't believe you need to have your dog in a place where people might be dropping hammers. Well, and gotcha. I've, I have seen just, there was, I'm not, there was somebody with it, the dog had a certain, you know, a don't touch me I'm, or please don't pet me. I'm working vest. Mm -hmm. And the, the short handled, uh, hard handled, uh, I guess Lee, uh, what I typically saw someone who's visually impaired using for their service dog, you know, the, the basket handle, do you know what I'm talking about? Or am I just making, no, it's, it's a, yeah, yeah. a, a handle on connected to the dog. Yeah. So there was somebody in there with a, so there were two people together and one of them had a service dog and somebody else had a dog that I can't believe was a service dog. And the I can't believe a service dog kept going up and sniffing and doing play behavior in front of this working dog mm -hmm. and was distracting it. Mm -hmm. Now, in this case, nothing terrible happened, but all I could think of is in a different environment, distracting that distracting a working dog, especially a seeing eye dog, could get somebody hurt or killed. So although okay. that wasn't a severe situation, I have seen where it could be a problem. Mm -hmm. And you know, now we've got, now we got people that are abusing a system and they're going to make it harder on everybody. And that's, that's where my concern comes in from reading this article. I mean, I, I don't, I, I mean, I don't know if, I don't think I've ever seen two service dogs in the same location that it wasn't like a, a dog related activity. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, well, I, I mean, I, I don't know. And two service dogs in the same location. I, I don't think they would interfere with each other. Yeah. But when you have a service dog and an untrained dog, 
in the well, same location. that statement. I don't even think, I think I've seen a, a, two dogs in the same location. And, and that I, one was identified as a service dog. I, I think that is, I think what you got, both of you just said there may be the, the point of this article. And that is that um, without some way to identify or regulate service animals, what is the definition of a service animal? And with, without that regulation, the untrained animal that is still a service animal could pose a problem for the individual who needed a service animal and has a well-trained animal. Yeah, and it, at what point does your right to privacy you know, come? You got to balance between somebody's right to privacy and, hey, we can't have poorly trained animals interacting in public. Yeah. So it, uh, and it should come as no shock to anyone that there's people abusing a system. Yeah. And that was part of my takeaway is some people are abusing a system and now they're going to mess it up for everybody. Yeah. Agreed. Well, I mean, I, let me ask you this, Robbie. Without, you know, do you think that there is a, there's definitely a lot of work that goes into getting these dogs trained? And there's there's some reputable, um, you know, organizations that train these that train these animals. Do you think that it's and I don't know because I you know I, I'm asking a genuine question. Do you think it'd be an extra burden um, for them to organize some kind of uh, identification like identification or or I don't know maybe a legal plaque placard patch or something? Um, I, I, do you think that's practical where it's something that you can identify or Guess, who's going to you know, who's going to enforce the the production of that plaque? Wearing that, yeah, and that, I mean that 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 yeah. would be the problem. It would definitely be like some kind of license, some like you know worn license. But again, that might be a totally dumb idea. So maybe there is no answer. I mean, we and, still and you, we still we still have government bodies right now tracking the counterfeiting of money. That's true. <laughs> yeah how 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 hard do you think it's going to be count to to track the counterfeiting of that? Oh. Did you did and, you guys hear did you guys hear about that one? This is off subject, but I just think it's funny. This one lady who got caught counterfeiting money, like horribly counterfeiting money, and the reason she she did it because she found an article online that said Obama approved that low income people can actually just print their own money, um, and it was it was a satire, you know, um, and and uh, it was a satire. It was from a certain date, and and I guess she found it on a blog or something, and thought it was legit, and was like at the grocery store like. Like you know, somewhat counterfeiting your money. The worst part is, is that the person who took it, like accepted it, even though it was a blatant like photocopy with some like Elmer's glue in between yeah. it, um, and then called the cops. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, so. But anyway, I, I on the on the certification side, the other question is going to be whose standards? Because I mean, or, check or with the it, Red Cross and. Um, Excuse me. Um, I don't know because the, the one thing that I that I would say that would be aggravating is if you're if you're already a person with a disability, um, you know, you're you're you shouldn't be impeded, and somebody shouldn't. I don't think somebody should be be able to ask you, "Hey, is your dog certified service animal?" Yeah. I don't think you should have to answer that question fifty times a day everywhere you go. I yeah. mean, that's yeah. that's the opposite side of it. I mean, people on the outside that who don't have to live that lifestyle, the simple way. Well, why can't they just ask and produce some kind of you know, 
you know, service dog license. Yeah. But I mean, can you imagine where every time you stop someplace, everybody who saw you, if you're constantly pulling out the service dog license to show somebody, that would be freaking horrible. I so, guess another question too would be uh, on liability. If if your untrained animal interferes with a service dog and causes harm, mm-hmm. are you then liable? You know, I would imagine you'd be liable because you're responsible for that animal and yeah. anything that it, it that anything that it harms or destroys. Um, and I I would I would guess, and I'm not a lawyer, I would guess that the person the the person with a legitimate service animal would have some kind of would have some kind of uh, protection laws because of the need of that animal. I don't know. I mean, Robbie, so, do you, would you have any any knowledge of that? Nope. So um, in short, you jack wagons, quit taking your pets to the grocery store. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, and it comes down to you know people don't buy animals to have jobs anymore. They buy them as fashion statements and and to match their furniture. Um, because they think that little Billy buy little Billy an iPad. You know, instead of going buying him a dog, just buy him an iPad. Save or, everything. You have a robot dog. Or you, you know? could buy a dog to keep your wife in a constant state of irritation until she's three. The dog's three or four years old. <laughs> Which yeah. apparently is the plan I'm going with. Hey, you know, it seems legit. Yeah. So, uh, no big deal. Ace certainly is a much more attractive dog now. Is that right? Yeah. My ace is getting old and grumbly, so I, Ivy's actually just she's she's like gotten perfect. She just sits there and chills out, and she's a little cuddle bug. And my wife enjoys walking her, so I don't have any issue with that. Ace is still a goofball, and anytime Macha does something wrong, Beth likes Ace a little bit more. Well, that's how it is, man. I mean, that's isn't that how it is with kids too? Whenever the kid's doing something, it's oh look what my son or daughter did, and then whenever your kid's doing something bad, is you better go take care of your son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, Robbie. You've had to heard that a hundred times, right? No, my my animals and children act perfect all the time. I'm sure. Yep. <laughs> Let me rephrase that. Your mother probably said that a hundred times. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was a bad kid. Why can't you be more like your sister? <laughs> and you probably Because that wasn't it. legal at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You probably would tell her about X, X's and Y chromosomes and how that all worked. I can see that now. I can see that conversation taking place. No, at that time I knew some of the crap my sister was doing that they didn't know about. Uh, uh, that would have been an interesting conversation. Yeah. If only. So any other uh, any other conversations before we, we jump out of here, guys? Uh, that's about it. I got a really frustrated puppy in the other room that I got to go help yeah, expend actually- some energy. Mine is mine are in, in their crate right now. I got they just ate, so I got to take them outside. They're they're crying, um, so I got to get rolling too. Mine Rob, are both anything? in here beside me, perfectly asleep. How is how is Rowdy doing? Oh, he's awesome. He's just an idiot. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> but I'll he's your you, idiot. But he is my idiot. I will say though, man, I think that. I am a big dog owner just because a medium sized or little dog, I, I can see where I let them get away with more crap. You know what I mean? Oh, just really? You're that just guy. Cause they're, just because they're cute. I mean, you know what? Hey, man, I'm, I, because I, when an ace does something, I'm, I'm quick to make sure he, he maintains in whatever he needs to do. But, but I will just jump on the bed and just look at me and lay her head down just as quick as can be. Like, I'm just going to jump up here and lay my head down. I'm like, oh, you're so cute. 
And then after two seconds, I realize I'm being tricked. I'm being manipulated. I make her get down. But, uh, you know, she uh, she could pull them heartstrings, man. I don't know if it's because she's a girl or what. But Avi's a great human trainer. She <laughs> is, man. She is. So, plus, you know, that's my wife's dog, so it doesn't count against me. <laughs> uh, delusional. All right, guys, if you guys have any questions or comments, please email us at the Equipnor podcast at, oh, at podcast at equipnor.com. Check out the website, and uh, we'll see you here real soon. And uh, do we have sponsors? topics for? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's sponsored E2E podcast, Dogwood Custom Knives. Check out dogwoodcustomknives.com. Um, and uh, USA Made Blades, Arizona um, Custom Knives. Custom Knives, and then uh, Edgeworks. I think I think uh, I talked to Sean. He needs some more knives, man. All right. So he, I think Sean might be out of, of your knives right now. Uh, I'll have to give him a call. I, I know a guy that might be able to help him with that. I know somebody drove from Virginia to Frederick to to pick up a dogwood, I think, from listening to the podcast. Wow. Tell me about that story, yeah. So if you're listening to it right now, I hope you like your dogwood knife. And if you don't like it, just call Dan. His phone number is 717. Just joking, <laughs> Dan. He doesn't have a 717 number. He's still, he's still got a Georgia number. All right, guys, we'll talk to you real soon. Take care and be safe. Remember, you're not always prepared. You're never prepared. Later.